Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm drinking tea. If it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Senegal are in the final and Honduras struggle in Minnesota. It's Thursday, 3rd of February. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Luke Moore. Welcome one and all, good to have you with us. It's a thrilling Thursday with Luke, Andy and me. My goodness, Andy, you're looking fabulous. How are you, darling? I'm pretty good. I'm I'm wondering if I'm suffering from some sort of low-grade tinnitus, though, because I felt that there was crowd noise on the intro music. Mm. You know, like... That's that's Marcus, man. It's just the energy that Marcus brings to it. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. It could be. It could be. How you doing, bruv Nick? baby? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, all right. I've been in this week, first time. It's good to have you. Listeners were absolutely silent about it. But I've got to come in anyway. It it makes a change from a dirty protest. It does. Uh, does, get Luke back on the show. It's a silent protest. It is. The good people of Senegal certainly wanted you in to talk about them reaching another AFCON final. That's not true either. They've got the first their first title in their sights. Uh, I said, I'll come in on Thursday. Have you did a business, Senegal? <laughs> incentive for you. A good deal all round, I think yeah, you'll agree, everybody. Yeah. They beat uh, Burkina Faso 3-1. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, I've got to come in now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, some consider Senegal the sort of the great underachievers of, of this tournament, certainly in, in recent They've never years. won it, have they? They've never won it. Yeah. They've never won. I'd like to throw Ghana in this. Do you know the last time Ghana won the tournament? Go on. 1982. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. think about the quality they've had. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and, and look, we're from a country, you know, all about underachieving. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that goes to show you in a tournament. I mean, you do need a little bit of luck. You need of the course. draw to go your way. You need to peak at the right time, all the rest of it. Look mm. at how successful a team like Egypt have been, for example. Well, absolutely. Um, they've almost, like, dom- not dominated, but they've what, won seven times, something like that. Yeah, well, look at Ivory Coast with the, with the talent they had. It took them ages to get there. They needed to call MacGyver himself, <laughs> Harvey Renard, and, and, and they got their, their victory. <laughs> I don't think, for those listening, I think Harvey Renard was also MacGyver. <laughs> I mean, if 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 if, if that, the chap who played MacGyver, I can't remember. But it's a weird reference, Marcus, because MacGyver was well known for being stuck in a building with the police all around him and him making a plane out of sticky butt plastic and flying. No, but was out he not the, the guy factory? you call if you're? In a, he was a bit like the A Team, but in one gun. Well, also, also, having Maybe. your shirt buttoned down to your navel is not particularly practical when you're, you know, building a war machine in a shed, is well, it? Well, do yours up then. <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing here if we're not building a war machine in the shed? <laughs> a war machine of audio. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, Sadio Mane, of course, was uh, heavily involved in, in the victory, uh, as, as, as he would be. I mean, it, Senegal, they, they, they tend to, to have a bit of a late flourish, don't they? Um, take it easy. And well, it was nil-nil at half-time, was it, it not? It was nil-nil yeah, for the first, what, 69, 70 yeah. minutes. Aliou Cisse, their head coach, he, he, he know, he's very pragmatic, and he's all about, let's just get the job done. And I think when it comes to tournament football, especially if you've never won the tournament, you can't really blame him uh, for that, of course. He's the third ever African coach to take a team to consecutive finals, by the way. And he was a part of the Senegal team that reached the country's first AFCON final in 2002, where they lost to Cameroon in a penalty shootout. And he actually missed uh, one of the penalties as well. So, I mean, there's a touch of the Gareth Southgate's about him, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I mean, he played, obviously, 
played famously. Um, who could forget the spell he had at Portsmouth as well? Yes, absolutely. Which has probably influenced him a great deal. Yeah, maybe. I forgot he was there. Of course I'll he was. I'll take him back now. <laughs> I'll take him back right now. On the picture in the dugout. Player all current condition. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, 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 were you going to go on to say that they, they've kind of left it late in a lot of their games? Because they had a bit of a mm. weird group phase, didn't they, Senegal? They won one, drew two. It didn't mm. look that amazing. No. They, they still managed to top the group, even though they only got five points. But it was the, a bit of a strange group. This is after the red herring of Italy. We're going back to the modern way of winning international tournaments aren't we building slowly because yeah. like a lot of the favourites obviously by this stage have gone by the wayside but a lot of the favourites went um, awry earlier than we thought they would notably Algeria I, su- I suppose Yeah, and um, a lot of the teams who we've expected to hit hard in this tournament haven't at all but you, you do see in tournaments generally international tournaments you'll always get and hopefully Mark will back me up on this you always get like a team who is fancied but doesn't perform that well in the group and then as a result gets a really tough second round game and the example I would say mm. for this tournament would be Ivory Coast playing Egypt yeah. which you know for those of us who are casual watchers of African football you would say okay that's a bit of a shame that they're playing meeting so early yeah um, and then, of course, they both stink the place anyway in Egypt winning penalties. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I think it always does nat- naturally happen that certain teams do fall by the wayside. But I- I'm pleased for Senegal, chiefly because they've mm. never won it. They- they've got a good uh, team. They've got some really good players. Um, that next semi-final, which I believe is tonight, right, is Cameroon Egypt, which will be really interesting as well. Well, that's a huge one, yeah. I mean, you look at... Uh... The the, the 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 two sides of the draw. I mean, whoever gets through that, I mean, if if Egypt get to the final, they'll have beaten Ivory Coast, albeit on penalties. You know. Beaten Morocco as well. Yeah, but the thing is that if you're going to win a tournament, in, invariably you're going to have to win a penalty shootout. They've gone they've, Ivory Coast, Morocco, Cameroon. Yeah. That is a tough... They will be battle-harder than the that final. Is, that is a tough route to the final. And then, of yeah. course, they've got the, the tournament favourite Senegal. I think the tournament favourites waiting for them. Whereas Senegal themselves had Cape Verde, Equatorial Guinea and Burkina Faso. Now, to be honest with you, you know, you take that. There's no disrespect to those sides, but but they are inferior. I mean, Burkina Faso have had a great account of themselves and, and perhaps are, are one of the sort of slightly underrated sides when it comes to the African Cup of Nations because, as I say, often people outside of Africa don't know too much about them. Mm. Um, but Senegal, you know, they, they, they did well. And, 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 and Mane, you know, he created the second very well, got the third. Lovely little finish, little dink uh, to, to round that, it off. That, that's, he, Mane's great at that. Mm. He's great at... There was, I mean, late on, and he's got a clean run. Well, what happens? But, but to up. have that much in the tank, I think exactly. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and you know, they're two one up, and that means Burkina Faso have got a push. It's knockout football, right? There's no point. Mm. You might as well go in three one if you're going to go in two one. Yeah. And they leave a lot of space, and then Mali's just absolutely ruthless. Mm. Absolutely he, ruthless. He's now joint top scorer uh, for for Senegal all time uh, with uh, Henry Cameron, twenty nine goals. Oh, Henry Cameron, I remember him. <clears throat> Play, the final. Play yeah. for Wolves, no. Yeah, and Wigan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. A, I mean, if he, he went get... for big money in the Premier League a while back. Oh, I think he did, yeah. He scored yeah. goals in the Premier League. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Much like Manny. Yeah. Much like Manny. Yeah, if he could get the, the, the 30th in the final, that would be uh, that would be quite something. Senegal had two penalties chalked off by VR in the first half. Um and uh, you know the, 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 the yeah. sort of sort of controversy about the decisions being given, but the referee Bamlik Tasema uh Wayesa, that he made the right calls and people are actually praising him. And credit where credit's due because some of the refereeing has had a lot of scrutiny at the African Cup of Nations. Yeah, I thought I thought one of them mm-hmm. was I mean, maybe it's easier, much easier for me sat on my sofa with a packet of crisps, yeah, watching it in slow motion. But the one that he was overturned, which hit the Burkina Faso yeah, on the, on the elbow. Sort of elbow yeah. I thought I thought that was weird that he gave that because well, his, his arm wasn't out and he and he was and he was kind of turning his back and then he gives him a yellow card as well, which I that, guess you probably probably have to do by protocol. But that's why you want VAR because yeah. because that that quick decision we've seen referees over the years mm. give those and you kind of go oh, I did hit his arm. I can sort of see it was a block. He, he's used VAR. 
very well. No but he shouldn't be being praised for making the mistake in the first place, should he? No, but in the, in the current climate, but, you know, but people, you think that people that... criticise VAR, don't they? And they and they criticise referees' use of VAR. Well, his use of VAR was very good. Yeah, but I don't think referees are criticised enough, is what <laughs> right. I'm saying. Yeah, mm. I know you don't think that. <laughs> Andy, all we want is consistency for crying out loud. That's all we want from Give our... Give us an opinion, Andy, we for want, fuck's sake. We want our athlete, we want every team and every player to be consistent. Yeah. So everyone finishes with the same points every time. Robots. That's <laughs> right. Robots. A yeah. series of nil-nil draws and... Jonathan Wilson will be happy at least. Yeah. I'd like it yeah. scripted. <laughs> so you know what you're going to get. You want to read ahead, you can. Very true. Very yeah. true. <clears throat> Are England going to win the World Cup? No. Well, I won't bother then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that usually uh, yeah. is the case. But uh, anyway, um, this game, though, you could say it added meaning for Burkina Faso, the backdrop of a military coup going on in their home country. So, Of course. Um, yeah, so that, that that was quite... Uh, gave, I, I, the manager I, gave a very kind of... Um, he did. Emotional kind of... Pro, pro, I don't know if emotional is the right word, but a very kind of poignant post-match interview. Mm-hmm. Camus uh, Mallow. But they could have easily yeah. been distracted course. by that. But actually, mm. they gave a good account of themselves. And they... And they and it right to the end. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. But into the final, it's Senegal, and they will play um, uh, Egypt or, or the host Cameroon. Big. Big, biggity big. Look forward to that one tonight. Indeed. And we'll talk about tomorrow, I expect. I expect so. Um, in the North American qualifiers, the USA beat Honduras 3-0 in Minnesota. A lot of controversy about where the game was played because the temperature at kickoff was minus 16 degrees with um, and uh, with the added wind chill uh, that goes down or up, depending on how you look at it, to, to minus 25 degrees. Um, players were allowed to wear balaclavas to protect themselves against the cold. Yeah. It's, I mean, that is gamesmanship. To the, <laughs> I mean, it's it's hardly unforeseeable, is it? Mm. Minnesota in February. Yes. Yeah. Well, they, they, no, no, but they knew what they were doing. They they purposely put it there to give well, themselves well, an advantage. No, they they said it was about travel time, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. It was, I, I think I think you're both right. I mean, it's a combination of those things because because the USA coach uh, or someone representing the USA did say, well, when we go to play in Honduras. It's occasionally very very warm, ninety nine percent humidity, and it's clear to their advantage. So we want to play here. But what he also said was, it's travel time makes it convenient for us, which I think is a bit of a bullshit excuse because yeah. there's lots of different places you can go. And secondly, they also um, said, look, we had to we had to organise this game with a certain amount of notice, obviously, because you've got to organise the game. And the average temperature for this time of year mm-hmm. is this. Yeah. But actually, they've had a nor'easter in um, the US, mm. the first one of the year, which makes it much, much colder. It's affecting all across the, um, New England as well. Um, I personally believe... Um, that it's preposterous to play a game in those conditions. When you're talking about players, you know, potentially taking off mm-hmm. at half time because of you know, hypothermic symptoms, yes. for example, we don't know the detail of that at the moment, but two hundred players went off because of their reaction to the extreme cold. It's just you've got to look at player welfare. The referee, for example. That's what the referee is there for. Yeah, that's that his is, first that that's is, his first responsibility. So I think there is for. there is using the using the conditions to your advantage. Mm. You know, how many times have you know poor old Paul Scholes been sunburnt and not been able to play properly? <laughs> right. But and then and then there's that. And I think that's 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 taken it too far, and I don't agree with it. And I think it's I think it's actually wrong. Particularly when you take into account mm-hmm. the Honduras are already out anyway. Yeah. There's nothing for them to play for. Well, you could, they could have gone down to into Miami, have Fizzer uh, in, in the game and enjoyed a bit of warmth there. <laughs> I don't, I that's going too far. That is going too far. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fizzer, Iggy Pop. But that's what international <laughs> football's all about, isn't one, it? One of, the bits, one of the bits of detail that people are pointing out here mm-hmm. is that Honduras was so um, averse to it, mm-hmm. they didn't even send the whole squad out for the warm-up. Really? They only sent 11 players out for the warm-up hmm. because they just didn't want to risk the players. I just, yeah, I, I think it's madness. And people will say, yeah, but what about in, in Bolivia? They play their home games in La Paz, which is, of course, at altitude. Mm-hmm. And so on. There has been chat in, in, in Conmebol mm-hmm. about this, about, about games at altitude and so on. Now, I, I don't know what, what the latest is with that. Um, but, I mean, you know, La Paz is the capital city. So and that's yes. always at the same level. The only one, I mean, I would say is in Peru when Lima is at, at uh, sea, sea level, level yeah. and Cusco is, is might even be higher so than you have a little mix and a blend. Yeah, exactly. What you need. What, who, who are we playing against? You know? <laughs> yeah, we might... Uh... Playing Bolivia, we might as well have it in, Le- <laughs> in Lima then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, of course, nowadays, you know, players play all over the place so it's 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 hard to sort of say is it an advantage or not but i think this is is taking the piss a little bit it's about preparation in either of those cases isn't it mm. and preparation time that you very rarely have in in, in modern football you yeah. know you, you can't get there two or three days before in most cases can you and also when they when they say well when we go to honduras it's humid i mean that, that is just the country's temperature you know they have, yeah. they have a right to play games in in their in their home country you know what i mean so mm. it's not like it's a it's a huge country where they've got different uh, microclimates all over for, the place. For, for what it's worth when greg Bahalta says about convenience I, I I do I do understand that to a degree and he's got a lot on his plate at the moment he's coming under a lot of pressure he is coming under a lot of pressure at home so yeah yeah uh, Canada maintained their four point lead at the top though 2-0 win over El Salvador it, it is happening as we said before it mm. has Luke Moore America's hat as you uh, often uh, disparagingly uh, referred. It's not disparaging. It's affectionate. It? It's affectionate. <laughs> it is. You do love hats, to be fair. I, I actually love Canada as well. Yeah, I do love Canada as well. How you much? Know that. Look, I'm dressed like a Canadian today. You know, dressed like a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Don't with your grey sweatpants on. As I oh say. no, that is that's poor by you. That's you got not grey joggers. On. That's not fair. Gabor Carrage. The thing everybody. is, the thing Spurs does so well is he'll pretend to be like the presentable face here of the rebel. Here we go. And they'll tear it down to the basement whenever he feels like it. Yeah. Oh dear! A lot of but, good but work can, gets done. Canada in the have have talent. Uh, they, yeah, they, they, have, they, have, they have a lot of talent, and we're, we're seeing that. And you know, bearing in mind, um, you know, them looking like they're almost certainly going to qualify for this World Cup now. Mm. And then you know, you think of the future host. It's very, very exciting time for. Canadian football but mm. I don't think I've seen anything more exciting in football this week than Atiba Hutchinson scoring with his back yeah that was you don't very, see that enough. very impressive that was enjoyable because of course the cross comes in mm-hmm. his initial effort he sort of flings himself at the ball hits the post mm-hmm. it comes back and he inadvertently back heels it onto his back and it flies in that's wonderful goal. control of the back I've not seen that kind of stuff since Ronaldinho with the with the with the back pass, remember? Remember that, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say it probably comes from playing with Ricardo Quaresma at Besiktas. I think that's probably directly where it's the greatest from. use of the back was uh, now Fulham, uh, former Fulham fullback Dennis Adoy, who the ball drops over to him. Search this; this is wonderful stuff. Where he kind of uses his back to knock the ball past the opposition player and runs around and Love collects that. the ball. Wow, it is sensational. There, there was there he was will a, be missed. There was a pass. Um, by a Pompey player on TV on Monday, I forget which player it was now. Who's al- he's already lying on the floor? Yeah, the ball comes <laughs> through, and he, and he nods it through. Did he mean that? Yeah, I think he did. That was that was very. Clever. Um, but can I go back to the point about you know at the risk of making this boring? Um, Canada and the US, just to build on Andy's point, mm-hmm. they're arguably both in a in a as 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 a foreign coach speaking English as a, as a second language would say, they're both in a good moment, right? <laughs> yes. 
They, Canada are going to qualify because I think their their remaining home game is to, against Jamaica. Mm. Jamaica have been fairly poor, so you'd fancy them to win that. That I think that's enough for them if you look at how it works out. They need to go and make an impact on the World Cup now. The USA mm. have flattered to deceive at tournaments mm. for quite a while. They've had some moments, of course. They're going to qualify as well. I mean, it's almost certain they're going to qualify too. And Canada, it will be their first opportunity for a very long time. Mm. I think it's you need to just... go and make an impact when you go there. Well, you're, Greg, you're right, but they're a good point to do that. I mean, if, if you look just not, not just at the quality of the players, but the point they are age-wise and in their careers, you know, you look at... Um, particularly, uh, obviously, that we've already said they've got a bit of experience in the in, inside, but they've not got Alfonso Davies available in this international break, but presumably they will when they come to the World Cup. Jonathan David, who I would imagine by the time the World Cup is going to come around, I mean, he's playing the way he's playing this season. He's going to mm. be at a bigger club by that point, very possibly in the in the Premier League. So it is it is the right time for them. Man, Andy, my question to you, though, is that let's assume Canada do get there and if they draw, mm. they draw England, who's Greg Rosetti going to be cheering? <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh, there we are. By the there's, way, there's 21-year-old listeners <laughs> pausing the app right now. Get onto the Wikipedia app. Just type in Greg Rosetsky. It's R-U-S-E-D-S-K-I for those who don't know who he is. Ah, oh, respect. Um, by the way, Big Greg, talking about climates and all the rest of it, he's going to be gutted when he sees how warm it is in Qatar. Oh, I yeah. know it's winter out there, but piss off. Mason gets pissed off because everyone says it's going to be really hot. But she's well, she was in the that. pocket of Qatar for a while. There we she? go. That's the stuff. <laughs> That's the stuff. And so, we'll, you know, they still defend it, don't they? Her and Keezy. The production meeting... <laughs> Sorry, Kate. The production oh, meeting before the show, you just got to wind Marcus up and then let him, let him go in the studio. <laughs> well, who, else, who else do you want to have a pop at? Uh, Rangers. Okay. Let's talk about the old firm. Celtic yeah. battered them 3-0. Yeah, they did. My goodness. It's the first time uh, since 2019 um, that Celtic have uh, beaten Rangers and they go top of the league for the first time since August. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I honestly, when Postacoglu started, uh, for Celtic, I, I was concerned for them because they, they, there was a bit of a points gap between Rangers. Look at them now; they're, they're top of the league, Andy. You've got to say he's turned it round. Yeah, and he's had a plan that he's stuck to the whole way through, mm. which um, I think has, has given him a bit, bit of latitude as well. I think he's he's had the fans on side, obviously, from quite an early point. What I think is amazing, though, it's clear a lot of people thought this would be a development season for Celtic at the mm. start with um, the ideas he was he was bringing in and all the upheaval at boardroom level before. But now you actually get a sense of the sort of standards he has because he's so stable in the way that he talks, Ange Postacolu. Mm. He, he's never, what do they say, never too high, never too low. Mm -hmm. But afterwards... He's an Aussie sports coach. But afterwards... <laughs> They're just bulletproof, aren't they? <laughs> when he was uh, talking about uh, Rio Hatate not being an acceptable condition yet, I know. I saw, I thought that. <laughs> yeah, I thought I like, that. It's like the rest. Of, the rest of them are, are in good nick, but he's got a bit of work to do. Yeah. Like, wow. He look, he looks bright as a button. And he had one of the finest first halves. Of, yeah. <laughs> just, and and I, th I think um, that's a really interesting point because I, I thought that when when we were coming in to talk about the, the games that I thought, blimey, like, I mean, I don't know how good he's going to be <laughs> when um, when he is fully fit because he looked pretty good. Having said that, mm. having said that. Um, Rangers were very, very poor, particularly yeah. in the first half. Awful yeah. first really half, yeah. poor. And then the game was taken away from them. Well, that third goal as well. I mean, the third goal killed it. I mean, you would, I don't think they would have got back into it, even if it was 2-0 mm. at half-time. But the third goal was, was pretty piss poor. But often we see this in in, in, in old firm games recently, that one team is just 
really revved up, ready to go. And yes, the home advantage can count. But we saw this with Gerard. He'd often get the better of Celtic in league games. Mm. But even when they, they didn't win the league until his mm. uh, sort of final full season uh, in charge. But I don't know, with Rangers signing Ramsey, you know, still top of the league, despite the, the sloppy draw against, uh, was it Ross County? Mm. I think I think Postacoglu knew the significance of this game. Like, right, they're in touching distance now. We win this, we go top. And straight from the off, you know, when Celtic Park is 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 in that kind of mood, and and Celtic, I just I think Rangers they just never got going, did they? I thought um, they. Look, I, I, look, I mean, at the risk of getting myself in trouble, uh, I thought they looked intimidated by the atmosphere, and mm. I thought they looked a good yard off it. Mm. You, you could see. I can't remember exactly the minute that Hatate scored. It was very early it was on, the fifth minute, and it was the, the one that goes right in the corner. Yeah, and it was kind of a slow motion shot, really. Yeah. It was really nicely <clears> placed, but it felt like that Rangers hadn't woken up. No, and then well, after he, that, he had, it was very difficult. He had space for both of those hits, very much he? so. But of course, for the second one, the space was created by the speed with which Celtic moved the ball from their own half to to the edge of the Rangers penalty box. Mm. But it's it's funny. I think if you look at the, the fact that Rangers had more of the ball, and it was one of those ones, it wasn't. You didn't look at the numbers afterwards and think, oh, really? Rangers had more of the ball. It was mm-hmm. clear that they had yeah. more of the ball. But Celtic used it with yeah, but in that such, second half. such great as... It, yeah, I know, that di- I know that distorts things mm-hmm. a, a, a little bit and Celtic saw it out very nicely in the second half. But even, even in the first half, mm-hmm. it wasn't about Celtic having loads of the ball. It was about the zip with which they yeah. used it. Whereas Rangers, intent, yeah, yeah. Rangers were just a little bit more... Uh, quite ponderous for a derby environment. I'll tell you what it reminded me of. So. It reminded me of when... Some of the classic Klopp performances against Guardiola-sized Liverpool, Man City, when Liverpool go, particularly that three-nil, uh, was it the second leg in the no first leg in the Champions League quarterfinal or something, where they just blast them, yeah, and they just sit in and you say they zip it around, but they just tighten all the rest of it, and you find you can have the ball, but you're just not mm. getting through it. it Reminded me slightly a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, I, th- uh, I think uh, I think there's something to be said for that. Definitely. I also would like to say that we can't finish talking about this game without mentioning that Ryan Jack almost scored one of the great old firm Derby oh, goals. Yeah. I probably that pinged was, that, didn't That was an unbelievable yeah. hit. It was a shame that never went in, actually. You picked the ball up about halfway and you thought, he kept moving forward and moving forward. Yeah. I thought, he's going to have a dig here. Yeah. And it was an absolute yeah. beauty. It's so unlucky. It I, think, I think the thing is with that, Joe Hart, having not come within four foot of it, would have been muttering <laughs> to himself, I had it covered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 big Ange, Postacoglu, was asked whether he dreamed about a performance. Uh, as impressive as this, and he responded, "You don't know what I dream about." <laughs> yeah. He actually, he actually said it like this: "You don't know what I dream about." <laughs> um, speaking of managerial dreams, there you go, Canada. We're having a good Australia now. <laughs> speaking of managerial dreams, um, did you see that uh, Bynes, Julian Nagelsmann, um, has been having some peculiar ones? He said uh, recently, sometimes when I'm sleeping after a game, I call out the names of my players. My wife once told me that uh, sometimes it wakes her up in the night. If it's Lewandowski, you can accept it. If it's Chupamoting, less so, I would, I, I, I would I say. There are, but there are... Pro- fair point. There are probably... Harsh on Chupo. There are probably fans all over the world that do that. At least he's the manager. Yeah. You know what I mean? I imagine there's a, pl- a fair amount of Celtic fans probably woke up in the middle of the night. Depends how he's saying it, though. If he's yeah. just going... If he's going, Robert! That's fine. If he's going, oh, Robert... <laughs> That would be a bit right, strange. Yeah, it? it would, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can well, only speculate. I, I mean, I think it's actually good news for the Nagelsmanns because it means that they've got the roof on their new house now. Because he t- he talked, didn't he, at length when he was at Hoffenheim about how they were building a house in Bavaria. Yeah. So if the sound's not escaping, uh-huh. at least it means he's they're unlikely all to move in without cuddly the roof and warm. <laughs> yeah. being done. In- if, if it's not the rain waking us up, Bavarian, it's shouting out the names. Bavarian winter. <laughs> There's four foot of snow in this bedroom, and all you're doing is calling out players' names. 
if, if, if you're a coach, you've got to lead from the front. That's all I'm he saying. He basically built a house nearby Munich so they were given the job, didn't he? Let's be fair. Very clever. Yeah. At Very the same clever. time where he's wearing red coats to the games. Yeah. A high a high risk uh, investment. That's why Andy built a house near to the studio. It is. We have to yeah. give him the job. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Looking for your next podcast binge? Well, look no further. The Offensive is a football mockumentary that follows Premier League club Ashwood City as their money-grabbing owner and his board veer from one crisis to another. Sounds familiar. Well, things are reaching breaking point this January as Real Madrid come calling for Ashwood's star player. Oh, and Patrick's going to accept 180 million euros for Kevin. Wait, what? wait, hang on, wait. Woody, I'm just getting my dick out. Ah, fuck you and your dick. It's just getting my dick out, Woody. It's part of the negotiations. Woody, my dick. Patrick, these are the new work experience intake for the marketing team. Ah, uh, hi. Hi, yeah. Uh... The Offensive. Where the thick of it meets the Premier League. Subscribe now and enjoy more than 130 episodes. The Offensive is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. I see it a different way, the way I see it, and I stand by that, and I'm very comfortable and confident in saying what I have to say. Who would you bring in? I don't know. Welcome back to the Football Rifle, everybody. Never gets boring. It's time He's for... the better Ferdinand as well. Much when better it comes to Ferdinand, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right, it's time for emails. Are we doing the whole one, Marcus? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. You can Wikipedia Greg Rosetsky while this is on. <laughs> Stop talking over it. <laughs> Disrespectful. It's an excellent reminder to re-watch Nathan Barley. <laughs> I believe it's time for emails. <laughs> yeah, we've got one from Ollie. It says, uh, Dear Ramblers, as a result 
of some questionable <coughs> refereeing decisions in the Premier League, I started to think about some of the people who ref me at school, the most memorable of which was a geography teacher who had some off-piste interpretations in addition to the rules. So much so, it was rumoured that the school had never lost a match he'd refereed. That's a good By mm. far, his most notable contribution to the laws of the game was his implementation of the rugby rule that dissent gets punished from a free kick moving 10 metres further up the pitch. Yeah. Uh, time after time, we saw other schools get caught out by his additional rule. Opposition coaches used to complain, but he used to say his methods worked. No one else was ever around to referee the fixture, so nothing ever changed. One game, he stopped midway through the second half to watch a plane he liked fly overhead. <laughs> Still, I'd rather have That's him like Kevin Friend. Yeah. I, like, I like that one. Wait a yeah. minute. Um, there was, I mean... Ollie might be a, one of our younger listeners, so maybe he's either forgotten or he doesn't doesn't know this. I'm pretty sure that they experimented with the 10 metre punishment for the central yeah. for a while in, in, did, yeah. in football, yeah. but they they got rid of it because I guess they worked out that football isn't necessarily all about territory as much as rugby is. Right? True, yeah. But reading that story just reminded me. I once played a game. We had uh, for a brief period. We had we managed to uh, get just enough players uh, in, in one of my old churches to play in the Church of England Football Championships. Like, oh, nice. Which is like, uh, uh, That's yeah. a big deal, right? It's a big nationwide thing, yeah. Apparently, I don't know whether it's true or not, but it is believable that uh, there was one particular church who had Garth Crooks playing up front for them once and he was meant to be amazing like many, many moons ago. Yeah. But we were playing this 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 team <clears throat> and they were winding up the referee and at one point, uh, he tackled one of their players and just knocked it back to our goalkeeper. <laughs> and we were just, you know, and we, we hammered them like 14-2 or something like yeah. that. And we were just stood there going, what? Why has he done that? Yeah, like it's really, really odd. And he, they were winding him. He was the referee was getting really, really angry to to, to the point <laughs> that when that went, oh, and then, so as he did that, he walked away and our goalkeeper took the um, took the kick and, and it smashed off the back of the ref's head. What, coincidentally? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to which they all started laughing. Yeah. And then the referee grabbed the, the ball just picked it up and then and they were and their lads just went over to him and went, What are you doing? What are you doing? And then he threw the ball down and squared up to them and went, Were you born a fucking dickhead? Really? That all happened. Yeah. <laughs> He's not got the temperament for the job. I know. Was he just volunteering as a ref or was he a qualified referee? He was the local vicar. Was he no, really? He wasn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who he was. That's mad. Isn't that a crazy set of events? I, can't, I don't think I've ever said that on the pod before. Yeah, there we oh, go. Oh, dearie me. Well, the craziest set of events is a new story from you on the pod. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but people always demand the old hits, don't they? They, they do, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You go see the Rolling Stones. You don't want... You want to hear satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that song you wrote over lockdown do you no, no. hit me up on zoom uh, <laughs> so um andy the big news of course uh is that uh, our twitter followers after a, a poll that we took on the football ramble uh, twitter account our twitter followers have decided that you're wrong and that suarez and cavani should play up front uh forever uh, for for uruguay 55.8 percent agreed with me that they should so we did this is andy right is marcus right and uh, it looks like the people have spoken a landslide result andy you should be thoroughly ashamed of yourself yeah, yeah. i think it is seconded quite, by the um, way seconded <laughs> quite consistent with uh, <laughs> I love you all. This is the thing, Andy. You don't know what they want. I do, and that's why I win. If you're going to come, he's the popular. <laughs> paraphrase here. Bruno from the West Wing. <laughs> if you're going to come in here and legitimately start to make semi-sensible points about football, <laughs> you will be punished. Not just by Marcus and I, but by the electorate. Do you want to listen to Andy, or do you want to see Cavani and Suarez up top together? <laughs> yeah, Thank you very exactly. much. Yeah, I'll see you at number I, ten. I, I, I think a lot of people want to see Suarez carry on forget uh, forever for punishment for all the stuff that he's done. 
to their clubs. Yeah, maybe he should be, he should have to play forever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so when he gets to seventy, he has to still play. I think he'd I think he'd still be going. It'd be like Homer that time when he was eating all those donuts in hell. He's just like, yeah, what? And what? <laughs> yeah, and what? Yeah. I think he'd just keep going. Anyway, he's yeah. playing for the champions of Spain, so uh, you yeah, know, he's obviously still got a bit in the tank, Andy. But yeah. there we are. Yeah. There we are. Good old people, and they're speaking right to the championship. Derby were beaten two 0 by Huddersfield. Um, did that happen in Athens? <laughs> hey, hey, a little callback to Pete Dance from being a dickhead. Yes. Uh, no, they've been by Huddersfield, two late goals. And uh, I, it's it's strange to see Derby losing. I just thought they were going to keep on winning and they were going to go all the way well, to the They playoffs. haven't won three now. Yeah. And, they, and the, one of those was obviously a big Derby game against... Uh, well, they're all big Derby games because they're Derby, but a big Derby game against... <laughs> local Derby game against Forest. Um, and Huddersfield are having a good season. They are define all expectations they it's are. incredible yeah they, they, they really are yeah. a big part of the playoff picture now uh, Wayne Rooney had some interesting things to say before the game he told the media that he felt other clubs had taken advantage of Derby's difficult situation and bought players at much lower value they lost Dylan Williams to Chelsea Luke Plange of course was uh, snapped up by Crystal Palace at a cut price I mean he, he is right but that, unfortunately that just happens you know you remember Leeds United back in the day when 100%. people were you know, sadly that's the nature of the business where inadvertently Manchester United didn't realise what a big financial hole they were in and paid 30 million for Rio Ferdinand when they probably could have paid 20 yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's, and it's, thus saved their great rivals it's, a, it's <laughs> another um, it's just another sad reality of yes. a club being in that position mm. and it's yeah. the inverse of what was happening with Newcastle United mm. right Newcastle United play at you know, clubs are going, well, you, you, you want to go around talking about how you're the richest club in the world? Show me the fibre of your fabric then. Yes, exactly. I mean, th- th- that is the thing. I, I think it's one of the things that we never really talked about that much off the back of the transfer window, about how Chris Wood shaped the whole European market, really. Because when that move happens, mm. all of a sudden, like everyone you speak to in Spain, France, anywhere else they're trying to buy players from, like straight away, well... Don't say you haven't got the money. Don't say you're you're not prepared to spend the money. We've just sent you, seen you spend twenty five million on Chris Wood, and maybe that eventually stopped him getting Diego Carlos, for example. Maybe, maybe Andy. So it's, it's it's a sad situation. It's, it's, what you worry for with Derby is that like they obviously are being filleted, and it's very and what what they, one thing they did have, I think, it's fair to say, was a real siege mentality, and they also had a bit of momentum. Mm. If you look at their um, their results um, before this these last three outings. Um, they were doing okay. They were they were they were kind of defying expectations. They at one point they won three championship games in a row, even against um, Dar- one of the games was against West Brom. I think you obviously yeah, okay. Fine, they've just sat their manager and all the rest of it, and we'll mm. come on to that. But they they are a good team, um, and so <clears throat> losing that local derby is tough. Then losing to, to Huddersfield, I think they had a man sent off really early on in that as well, which is just unfortunate. Mm. So. Yeah, you worry for them now because they really haven't got a huge amount of wriggle room if they are going to do what you know would be amazing to witness. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it will just get harder and harder because they're still seven points off it and they've played more games than everyone else around them. Indeed. Indeed. Well, you mentioned West Brom there. They've uh, sacked uh, Valerian Ishmael after seven months in charge. They were top of the championship at the end of September with a 10-game unbeaten streak. And they're now only in the playoffs on goal difference, eight points behind second place. Blackburn. I mean, they started very well, of course. And uh, I think a lot of people thought it was maybe them, Fulham and, and perhaps Bournemouth that would be battling yeah. it out for the top two. And that doesn't seem to be the case. Although with the championship, Andy, you never know. Twists and turns, twists and turns and all that. Fans apparently are, um, were not happy with Valball 
as as they called it, which uh, you know he called his style vertical football, something like that. They liked a long ball. They signed so. Andy Carroll in the transfer window <laughs> on a free. Well, now what's he going to do? I but feel that, sorry that for that Big is, Andy. That yeah. is the thing. I, I mean, we're seeing it at all levels. The lack of joined up thinking. With, I mean, for a start, they gave Ishmael a, a pretty long contract. Mm-hmm. They paid a lot to spring him from Barnsley in the first place. Yeah, he did an all right they, job at Barnsley. They, they, yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. They, they give him what he wants in January. It's a bit like Rafa Benitez getting everything he wants and then getting fired the week afterwards. Mm, yeah. But it's like, you know, you, you, you get him the centre forward he wants, for mm-hmm. example, or the centre forward he can get in the situation which is closest to what he wants. And then you bin him straight away. Well, I just, I, I don't get it. I, I understand that, Andy. But to give West Brom a little bit of credit here, so you talk about the joined up thinking, so you get rid of um, Ishmael mm. and you you know the vertical style Andy Carroll's coming in. Who then do you turn to? Do you go for, you don't want to go for something completely different because that wouldn't be joined up thinking right. We hear that Steve Bruce is, is in advanced talks for the position. <laughs> There's your joined up thinking. Yeah. Hey, they've got a plan, Andy. They've got a plan. So don't disrespect I that. I think that's really just depressing for what, West Brom fans. Former Aston Villa and Birmingham City manager. <laughs> yeah, that's he, what I he... think he was at Newcastle for a bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't covered much. to impress that. He, loves, he likes a challenge. He does. He but, does. But I think um, I wouldn't be an expert on West Brom at all. So forgive me if this is wrong. But I, I'm also fairly certain the reason they had to bring in Andy Carroll is because they brought in Daryl Dyke, who's a good young... Um, prospect, yeah. big strong forward, um, who then got almost instantly injured. Um, for I think he only ever, I think he only ever played a couple of games for them, so they had to bring in cover. And and tell, tellingly as well, I think is that the guy whose name escapes me now, so forgive me, who was making decisions and effectively running the club was hugely inexperienced, uh, and he's also gone. So they've just brought it. I think they've brought in someone else to essentially be the football director or the CEO, or whatever. I'd, I'd be over the top of that. I'd be interested to know whether he's given a little less rope because the fans don't really like the football. I mean, I'd be interested. Obviously, you, you can't really answer that for me. West Brom fans could answer that for me. But I, I also just get the impression, I've seen, I've seen them live this season. I've seen them a couple of times on, 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 here and there. They do look quite brittle as well. They, right. I mean, you talk about, I, I don't know how much could be made of the style of football Ishmael play, but when I saw them live, they were very, very one-dimensional, mm-hmm. very tough, yeah. very direct, <clears throat> very physical, and Pullen, Fulham played them off the park when I saw but them. But that can get you out the championship. As Neil Warnock knows. But they've got nothing else. I think if you, if you look at their record recently under Ishmael, mm-hmm. uh, they've won three games in their last 12 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you have to say, barring something particularly impressive, they've probably set fire to their chance of getting top two now because those those teams at the top won't, gap, won't, won't drop enough points probably. Yeah. So they're looking at playoffs and that can be a, you know, that can be a bit of a lottery. It, it can be, but you know, you're in the playoffs, you can still win it. I mean, I think that, you know they had an impressive start and... As I say, you know, he thinks this will get us out of the division and it, and it, and it, it might well have done, but they're dropping like a star. I mean, look, you can't ignore the fact that since uh, the new owners took over in September 2016, they've had eight managers. Pulis, yeah. Pardew, Darren Moore, Jimmy Shan, Slavin Bilic, Sam Allardyce, and, and, and now Ishmael is, is, is the latest. I mean, I wonder how he ended up with this philosophy of playing the game because if you look at his playing career mm-hmm. and you think double at Werder Bremen, Double at Bayern Munich. I don't really remember him much as a player. No, well, I don't. <laughs> the thing is, before he ended up uh, Werder Bremen and, and Bayern playing that main chunk of his career, he had uh, four games with Crystal Palace, including one of the worst games that I think I've ever seen a Premier League player have. <laughs> when Wimbledon, was he centre-half, was he? Yeah, yeah, when Wimbledon beat Palace 3-0 at Selhurst Park. And he made 
Carl Lieburn looked like Christian Vieri for 45 <laughs> minutes. And I just wonder if he came off the back of that and said, I've seen Lieburn, I've seen the light. This is the way that football should be played. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, this well, is the we, way forward. We wait for that quote, Andy. Also, they, we, we talked a bit about this in the context of Arsenal a week or two ago, or whenever yeah. it was, about the, the discipline situation. If you to, to underpin the point I made about West Brom's physicality, I think they've had six red cards in the last couple of months. Yeah, which doesn't doesn't help you. One, in one of the games, they had two red cards in the same game, so that doesn't help you either. Because then you have to deal with suspensions. You, you know, it's very difficult to to grind out wins if you're not playing with, for the eleven players. Mm. All the rest of it. So, having said what I've said, though, they have, as you've said, Marcus, gone through quite a lot of managers. So maybe people might think they've gone a little bit early with this one, but that's what they've been doing. Yeah, we're well, talking of a direct style, if you will. Sunderland are going to interview Roy Keane for their managerial vacancy. Um, I think they should be contractually obliged to interview Roy King. <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> the, only, the only sad thing about it would be we won't get him on the TV as much. Yeah. Well, I, well no, he was post-match. But not as a pundit. Yeah, but that's, he'll still be the same. He content, can't slag everyone it? else off, though. Oh, he, can't he? he? But he won't have watched a big game if he's been managing Sunderland that day, will I he? Think, he I never think gives be... the impression that he's watched a game anyway. He's I think, do a YouTube channel. He's I think we'll be fine, yeah. but I, I, I think that... Uh, Mika Richards, Michael Richards, should then become a touchline reporter, so he gets to interview him. <laughs> How funny would that be? Like, Screaming they've, laughter. They've in his just face. been beaten. You've just been beaten three 0 right? <laughs> That'd be brilliant. That would be brilliant. I'd be definitely up for seeing that. Keen, I, don't... I don't live in a cave, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it's an yeah. interesting dynamic if you think they've got like, what a 25 26 year old chairman that plus Roy Keane I mean that's an interesting oh, yeah, the, well he's going to get the job isn't he because he's going to be and Louis Dreyfus yeah, yeah the, he's going to be too... French Swiss French French yeah, French, yeah. yeah he's, he's a billionaire he's 25 yeah his, his mum owned Marseille yeah, yeah he's, he's going to be too scared to turn him down yeah. I mean, if you get into a room one-on-one with Roy Keane and you're only in your mid-twenties, you'd be a pretty special operator to apparently, not be intimidated by that. Apparently the reports say he's got support within the club and, and he's seen as the type of character that's uh, needed to reignite Sunderland's promotion bid because they're in there. They, 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 what, are they third, are they? Or certainly in the playoff spots and they're not far off the top, but they did um, get thumped 6-0 by Bolton. For context, Roy Keane once said that when he was managing Sunderland and he came in on the Monday morning, one of his coaches professed to have not watched the Classico <laughs> the night before and Roy, quote, wanted to sack him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I should have sacked him on the spot for not watching the game. That is excellent. He's not been a number one since 2011 with that wonderful spell at Ipswich Town. He's been an assistant since at Republic of Ireland, Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest, of course. Yeah. But when you're a man like Roy Keane, you know, you're always, uh, you're always uh, fresh from the fight, aren't you? <laughs> fresh for the fight. Fresh for the fight, yeah. I should say. Uh, what about Roy Hodgson, going back to the Premier League? He conducted his first press conference as Watford manager yesterday. Um, he reiterated Ranieri's feelings that the squad is, is more than good enough to stay up, of course. But this is what we want from Roy Hodgson. Um, he said the job offer came completely out of the blue and it was hard to resist. And he said it was quite literally the siren call from the mermaid as the sailor passes by on his ship. They got the right mermaid going past the right ship. Is confusing, he, isn't it? Is he the sailor or the mermaid? <laughs> it's <isn't> confusing. Because <laughs> I, I start off thinking about him as a sailor with a nice little jaunty angle on his cap. That, oh, that, with yeah. a striped shirt. <laughs> That's what I like that. Glass of something good in the, yeah. in the hand. Up the Thames. Yeah. And then I, I end it by thinking of him quite literally the bottom half of a fish. <laughs> <laughs> with shells on his nipples. Yeah. Yeah. Scallops on his tits. <laughs> as Peter Mannion would say. Yeah. Andy, so, anything to contribute? What? Roy Hodgson trying to prove his hit by misusing literally. I mean, I know that is sad. Uh-huh. That is interesting. Sad to see from Roy, such a learned we, man. Roy, we don't want you to meet us halfway. Never change. No, exactly. Never change. Captain Roy. Yeah. But though, Watford, you say, would. It's a good appointment getting Hodgson. We sort of 
Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we talked about this a, a little while back, didn't didn't we? And you said when before Newcastle United mm-hmm. appointed Eddie Howe, they they might have like had a look at him. I, I think there's something to be said for that. Mm. Is 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 a huge advantage, and of course the fact that they've got much better defenders than they did at, did at the start of the month. Because whatever Hodgson's plan, yeah. if you've got the defence that Watford had at the start of the season, I, I just reckon you're not staying up with that. Yeah. Well, whereas, what, whereas now there's a glimmer, maybe. Yeah, well, he, and he spoke about the game against Burnley um, too, which is obviously an important one. Watford's got a couple of games in hand. Saturday, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Can I push you for a prediction, Andy? Who do you think... Do you think Watford... What, what, I, think, what you think? I, I can give you one if you want. Yeah, go on then. <clears throat> I think that he'll get... The, I think in many ways the Burnley games come too early. Yeah. I'd like... They would like to be playing that in a few games' time because what Hodgson will do mm-hmm. is he will drill them over and over and over again so it becomes second nature to move in the patterns they need to move in. This is how you stay up. <laughs> yeah, they will start picking up points and they've got a really good chance of staying up, I think, if he can do what he did at Palace, right? The fact they're playing Burnley so early mm. is a question mark over it. But if I was going to be pushed, I would say, looking at the Premier League table and looking at the games Watford have got left, I would be... I would say, this, I think they might stay up. I think there's a chance they'll stay up. Which would mean, surely, that uh, Norwich, Newcastle and, and Burnley, unless Everton get dragged into it, or maybe someone like Leeds, maybe maybe Brentford, you know, they're on a, on a, on a bad... Uh, I think downturn. Watford are going down. You think Watford are going down? <laughs> right, okay. Now you've said that, I think they will not stay up. Yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we could, we could see... The captain sink and the mermaid drown. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the the, the analogy using the mermaid. What 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 the, what the analogy exists for <laughs> is the boat being drawn onto the rocks and crashing. Yes, and everyone dying. Yeah, which is why I'm surprised yeah. he used it. Yeah. Well, there we are. it would be nice if, like, with this seafaring thing in mind, he mm. sort of showed his strength on the touchline by rolling up his shirt sleeves and revealing loads of old sailor tattoos. The anchor tattoos on his you know, arms. Yeah. Yes. Mum and dad underneath. Yeah, sort of fail we may, sail we must. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Calm seas don't make for great sailors. I, I'd like the idea of him maybe riding past, I, I think the analogy he should have used is he was riding past a tower mm-hmm. on a horse mm-hmm. and Watford let down their hair <laughs> and he climbed up it <laughs> yeah. and saw... Um, and the rest know. of the teams of the boat and they yeah. all crash. And, and, and said, where's Troy Deeney? And yeah, everyone said, are. he's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's away. <laughs> yeah, let's hope he's not singing My Heart Will Go On at the end of the season. Oh, I think we hope he is singing that. Yeah, absolutely right, Andy. Absolutely it, right. I'd love that. Watford start up on the final day and Roy does a full version of Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. You don't sing that if you stay up, do you? you Have you not seen Titanic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good. And also, with, with a club and Sir Elton in among their ranks, they're singing I'm Still Standard, surely. It's a duet. Yeah, okay. Elton fine. on the piano, Roy in a lovely cocktail dress, <laughs> dress on, sat on the piano doing doing a, a kind of a lounge room version of "I'm Still Standing." Well, I'm still standing. <laughs> uh, Don't take the piss. Yeah. <laughs> You're not standing. Well, I think I am. <laughs> uh, right, everybody. Uh, oh, on the continent is going to be out later today uh, for your listening pleasure and mine. Nicky Bandini joins Andy and Dotton to discuss how Barcelona will use Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Because he's gone there. He has gone there. Um, Also, the winners and losers of the transfer window in Italy and a little look back on Lyon's win against Marseille, where Jordan Shakiri once again showed his quality. Didn't he, Andy? Um, (laughs) Get over to Football Ramble Presents for that. Can I just say, um, was it last week you talked about players writing their contracts down? Yeah. That was brilliant. And if if you're listening to this now and you haven't listened to last week's OTC where the guys talk about um, the influence of American sport on potentially players, top players now running their contracts down rather than moving for big fees. 
It was fascinating, and I would recommend you listen to it. And we did a bit of a Union Saint-Gilloise, didn't we? Exactly. For, for me. You, for you Brighton fans. Yeah. Get involved, everybody. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to The Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. On tomorrow's show, Kate, Luke and Vish. Interesting. Ooh, what's the dynamic going to be for the game? Who I'm, knows? Tune in tomorrow to find out. I'm fresh from a whitewash win. Yeah, you are. I can only beat Pete, basically. Are you going to have another pop at Vish or another confidence? I want to go to the title. I don't want to go to the title. It's, it's a bit like... Right. Um, it's not for us to decide right it's now. It's true. It's true. It's the algorithm. It is it's the algorithm. the algorithm with the hosts now as well. I, I can't get near Vish, so uh, we'll see. Well, we'll see. Maybe tomorrow might uh, tell a different story. Anyway, uh, uh, until then, thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andy Brassel. ta Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you very, very soon. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.